to the Music Rules Podcast. It's the podcast where we talk about music that rules and rules that music. music. I'm your host, Fen, and this is... Jack. That's right, he is... Jack. And we are two, two crazy musicians. Two music-loving music nerds from, from New South Wales. cities in New South Wales. That's right. Two, two New South Welshmen. Two, yep, that's us. From, from the Gong and Sydney. In Sydney, Sydney, aka the Emerald City. Who who um, says that? I've never heard that. <laughs> no one says it, but I just saw it on Wikipedia one time. Really? Why why is it called the Emerald City? You know, that is a really great question. Because Bris Vegas, I understand. <laughs> Bris Vegas yeah. is you know it's a bit ritzy. City of diamonds. City of diamonds. Emerald is it green? Maybe or I don't know. Are we Pokemon I... fans? <laughs> yeah, Maybe? that's why. We're all big pokey heads. Oh, we are pokey heads. Hey, yeah, we, we did are. it. Hey. New South Wales. We freaking love the pokies. Chris Means. <laughs> bling, bling. More bling, chili. Bling. <laughs> More chili. <laughs> all right. I'm going to rein myself in. Uh, today, we are talking about a very special album from a very special band from a very special place called Melbourne. If you're unfamiliar, <laughs> it is the freaking art capital of our country. They love yeah. it down there. They're obsessed. It's very European. You it's, have to go. Oh, you ha- you must. You simply must go. Um, there are cobbled streets. There's a mm, giant ball of string. Mm-hmm, yep. And and the, and you push it through because you push might get through. lost. You might get yeah. lost in in the in the city of Melbourne. Um, you know you can you can drink outside of of pubs. You can't do that in Sydney. Unless it's wow. very, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, that's culture. it's, it's a wild west out there. And frankly, I'm not interested at all in going. So with that, let's proceed. So Obscura Hail is Sean Conran, Tamara Issa and Kayland Emond. Uh, they were initially a one person band comprised of Sean. And I was extremely fortunate back in 2010 to about 2015 to be able to see Sean Conran along with Jack Riley and a bunch of other musicians from around here um, do like house parties and these sort of very intimate kind of shows. So I'm very familiar with Sean's music, very familiar with Sean. And what can I say? I freaking love the dude. I love his songs. I think it's great. Uh, And I'm so happy to be talking about it here with you. I love Sean also. Um, I've played two gigs with Sean before. Um, this was not as a one piece. Um, I played one gig with him at Golden Age Cinema um, where my friend's band Okin Osan supported. Um, and it was very beautiful, lovely night. He played for so long that Tamara had to go and move the car and then come back. <laughs> um I love that. That's so it's good. A very generous uh, performer. Yeah. And then the other gig that we played was in Wollongong um, when there were a three-piece with drums and stuff. That was um, at Frank's, wasn't it? No, it was at La La La's. Ah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. They had a different drummer. It was just after they released um, uh, Zero, the EP, with ah. Goth and Swear Jar, that one. Nice. I know the... Um, I know the gig that was in Wollongong. I was so devastated to miss you and Obscura Hail playing together. It was just, 
I think I was away or doing something and yeah, very upsetting, but I'm happy to hear that it was a great gig and yeah, yeah. super fun. Hopefully you guys play together next time so I get to be a lucky audience member and mm. watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, today we're talking about the EP. Um, what's it called? Is it Siren? Yes, Siren. We're talking about the EP Siren, um, which is released on Bandcamp as Siren slash... Sorry, I got to get my stuff up. Siren slash zero double EP. So basically an album. You get two EPs, you chuck them together. What do you get? You get an album. That's an album. That's an album. So this is... But today we're going to be just talking about Siren because um, these are the five songs that are on Spotify and streaming services. And I just think they're a really tight, neat little package. And they're all bangers. But today we're going to be talking about three songs. And the songs I picked are Duma, they are Town Crier, and they are Penumbra. But the twist is we're going to be talking about Penumbra first, then Town Crier, and then Duma. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're doing it all all topsy-turvy, upside down, backwards, because that's the way we roll on Music Rules podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Freaking weirdos. We're flipping it all upside down. So you mentioned briefly that last time you saw Sean, he played for so long that Tamara had to move the car yeah this is so so in character for someone like sean because he is without a doubt the most prolific writer i have ever encountered in my life he writes so many songs it is absolutely crazy (laughs) um i know know he has a patreon right and he he does he writes like songs every week i think yeah yeah, he writes a ridiculous amount of music and it's all wonderful and very nice. And I believe it's only $2 a month, something something like that. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. look, well worth it. Well worth it. Um, if you want to support an awesome artist and yeah, here's, here's some fresh music that other peasant ears don't get to hear. <laughs> so... Um, the first track I want to talk about today... Peasant Ears sounds like uh, it could be an Obscure Hail title. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I think it came out because I've been listening to lots of Obscure Hail. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to backtrack before we dive into the song. I want to talk about... Um, this is lifted from uh, Obscure Hail's Triple J Unearthed page. So this is the quote from, I'm guessing, Sean. Over an untold number of late-night recording sessions in in an evolving ad hoc home studio, Conran, that's Sean, has amassed a rich musical archive, alternating styles, and an, and an obsessive commitment to songwriting as a craft. The project that began as a way to remember, Conran shares, this is a quote, Obscura Hail began as a routine of externalizing memory for the sake of preservation due to a fear of Alzheimer's. How crazy is that? That's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And th- and then I it didn't says know that. I thought I mean I thought it was like a general kind of more fear of death thing. Yeah. But I say I think it probably I mean that's also maybe that's a bit of, of it, column A, bit of column B. Fear of specifically Alzheimer's. Oh, you've frozen. Is, oh no. That's interesting. Oh, you're cut you're back. Yeah. That's good. I have um 
um yeah i mean yeah i'm sure i as many people do have like you know personal connections to people who have had alzheimer's and it is really mm. scary so it is i can see how that could motivate him to um you know develop this these habits yeah and and, and record so much of your life in such a meaningful and interesting way yeah um he continues, it was brought on by receiving my first amalgam feeling to carry on a legacy, to calcify meaning and importance of my lived experience, should I need reminding. Just a very wonderful thing to say, a very wonderful reason to create music. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I live for it. Um, if this at all sounds jutted, it's because Fen and I are having heaps of internet issues. <laughs> yep. Because famously, Australian internet is so bad. And if it sounds beautiful and clean, then just know that we had to struggle to achieve that. Just know there was so much pain yeah. and so much, so many tears behind it all. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of memories, let's dive into Penumbra. So, Penumbra is... I think their most popular tune at the moment. Um, I think it, last time I checked, it had well over a million plays. Wait, no, it didn't. <laughs> False alarm. <laughs> it has 285,000 plays. And hey, that may as well be a million to me. I play weird music. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get that many plays. That is a lot um, of plays. It is. I really, I couldn't believe it because I've always... You know, I've always kind of adored Obscure Hail and thought it was amazing music. But when I checked in, they have, yeah, 2,000-something monthly listeners, 285,000 streams on Penumbra. And everyone knows that's what matters. Everyone knows. <laughs> and um, I was, I was going to talk about this too a little bit because I thought it was really interesting. They had this crazy feature in The Guardian. Hang on, let me look it up. Guardian Obscura Hail. Was it the one Did where there's a, a songwriter who wrote about their song? Who yeah, Who wrote about yeah. the number, the article? Yeah, I read that. That was really, yeah. really great. I think it's by Gordy. Gordy. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at it now. Very good article. Well worth reading. Yeah. And I mean, and such high praises. Mm -hmm. Penumbra by Obscura Hail is the most perfect song of all time. Wow. I mean, that is just, it don't get much better than that. It don't get um, much higher. Yeah. Funnily enough, I do I do love this track, but I have my, my favorite track on this album is definitely Duma. Oh yeah. Which is why I'm leaving it till last. But mm -hmm. um so let let's let's crack into it, shall we? Yeah. Stereo while he was 
my first CD from the now dead franchise Sanity. It was a sequel by the living end, and I pirated everything I like since then. Obscura Hail. Wow. A freaking amazing journey into the mind of a child, I guess, an adolescent. Is that how you read this as well? Definitely. It's like a uh it's like a nostalgic recollection of youth. Um mm. and in my notes I put that one of the things that really um transports you into the world of the song is the fact that he's using present tense for some of it. So mm. it's like out playing on my trampoline, a far cry from university. I am taking selfies on my Game Boy camera instead of like, I took selfies on my Game Boy camera back in the day. It's like you really yeah. feel like, I feel like I'm on that trampoline and doing those things. Um, yes. So it really triggers this like nostalgic feeling I, and this really present tense, almost like a flashback in a movie feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had that down in my notes too. It's like a it's it's a thing that's happening. And the other thing yeah. I wrote down that was so great about this tune lyrically is that it's a great example of show don't tell. Mm -hmm. So clearly like this is like um recollections of like a kid. Um like, you know, like it's kind of I'm I'm guessing by the reference to Doom Two that it's around nineteen ninety six or ninety nine. <laughs> I think I think the Doom Two reference is uh, kind of puts puts a little date on it to me. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I think it's got this really gentle, bittersweet energy to it. And I think a big part of that to me is the fact that there's no rose-tinted glasses on the kind of nostalgia element. Yeah. It's um like when, when I think of, if I think about a song about reminiscing, that's maybe like probably pretty tacky. I think of the song All Summer Long by Kid Rock. <laughs> Do you know this? No, I don't. <laughs> It's the one that goes, we were smoking funny things. Oh, I do we know were something, something, singing Sweet Home Alabama all summer long. Yeah. It's just, it's like, a, apologies for any Kid Rock fans who are listening, but it's, it's, it's a very kind of predictable, very, I don't know. It's, it's very much tell, don't show. Yeah. And I love this song for its show, don't tell, because it's, it's like sort of... Im- you get the feeling of the song and the meaning of it through the accumulation of specific details, which mm. is really such great writing. The one that jumps out at me in the biggest way is, um, I'm waiting for a friend to come over. She's a girl and her name is Anna. <laughs> um, I love that because... We're going to jump around together and yeah. talk about things we only now remember. No, no, no. That is a great line. Talk about yeah. things we only now remember. Yeah, that's a crazy line because it's true. It's like crazy you have line. these conversations when you're a child, and you kind of don't remember it, they and then later back. you think, "Oh yeah, like I did have this really interesting or this strange conversation." And then you think about it, yeah, and like, oh wow, that is yeah, it's very trippy. It's something that the, you only remember as an adult. It's very strange. The the part of that verse that really stands out to me that I really love particularly is the prefacing: "She's a girl, and her name is Anna." It's like, it's yeah. such a, like, I, I don't know if you had this experience it's, as a kid too, but like having like a friend who was a girl, it's just like, she's a girl and like, just it, like, it seems like a really funny detail to The way that bring he up, expresses like, a, it or the, the way that it's written is like, as if a child is saying it, like, mm, yeah, exactly. you know, like yeah. if like an adult was like, oh, who's your friend? She's a girl. Like that's the, she's a girl mm, and her name is yeah, Anna. Like exactly. that's what a, you know, yeah. like a eight year old boy might say. Yeah, very very well put. Yeah, and I also love the reference to Happy Harold in a shifty van. Um, <laughs> of course, like that's a very kind of Australian seeded thing. Yeah, and uh, and of course now he's healthy Harold. Buying a single by the living end of all bands <laughs> at Sanity yes. is at like Sanity. the most Australian like specific yeah. reference. Crazy. And, and I'm I'm so glad it's in this song because I talked about sanity on my last extra life episode. So yeah. it's it's fun to hear it come up naturally. So I didn't have to be the sanity obsessed freak and bring it up myself. Yeah. Um the fact that he bought yeah. a single on CD, I remember doing that as well because I was like, well, this is cheaper mm. and it's the song that I yeah. want to hear. So Yeah, and then maybe <laughs> you get like two or three crappy songs on there next to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a or you get, you get like some uh, weird remix. Yeah. Or like oh, I cover. remember the Crazy Frog CDs. Wow. I, th- I yeah. think I got I like I a that. Crazy Frog CD or two. And it just, it's like Crazy Frog and then like Crazy Frog acapella where it's just <laughs> him going, ding, 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 yeah. People used to pay many dollars for this things like this. Yeah. What a weird time. So um, strange. Yeah. So sort of more, more in the realm of um, of the music or the actual kind of like, uh, production of the song i wrote a few things down here so it's sort of like emerging from a dream or like entering into like this different headspace the way that it 
begins with this EQ that only lets in the middle frequencies. Yeah. So it sounds like very kind of lo-fi and it's just, and then it really opens up and becomes this big spread thing. Um, it's like you've woken up from a dream. Um, the chords themselves are mostly just three chords. Uh, it's like a D sus four thing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think I learned it. Yeah, I I'll talk about that for a second because yeah, the fact that he uses a um, a loop pedal to play live, I feel like it, that's influenced his songwriting because he has this this riff at the beginning, but he he kind of has to make sure that it's a riff that works over multiple different chords. So mm. it's like F sharp G F sharp A, which is a riff that works over um, over a, a D major chord. It's a riff that works over a B minor chord, and it's a riff that works over like an A kind of A seven. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's really a, cool. A it, it creates these like ambiguous harmonies because yeah it's almost a sus chord but it has a major third in there as well um which makes it yeah really interesting i i love the sound of a a major third that um also contains um the fourth of the chord because it's generally considered like a dissonant kind of thing to do but something like that Anyway. Yeah, I that's that's yeah, I think what you played then sounded super correct, but for some reason I didn't even pick up on the major third. I just heard the sus thing. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's interesting. I I really I tried to mess around cuz I was I didn't know if it was playing with like a capo or different tuning or anything like that. But yeah, it's got this kind of I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes down to the Oh, sorry. My uh, my E strings out of tune because I was doing April Fool's memes. <laughs> um, something like that. Yeah, yeah, just this nice descending, really simple thing. Yeah, um, and it really holds onto that for like most of the duration of the song. I would say the entire song. It has this. Yeah, like, yeah. That. Yeah. Although there is some like kind of it's like a little almost a little key change at about. Um, two minutes 14 yeah the 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 four kindly finally comes in it's like this really gentle g major and then it plays a c major for a bit yeah um yeah i don't know just a little bit of spice yeah i think yeah it's a nice little and then with those chords too right like that that riff still works on top of it yeah yeah right just puts in this wonderful new context yeah, it's it's really yeah. cool. It's like an um I feel like minimalist music uses this sort of technique a lot where it's like mm. you create this like layer of sound. Um but it's a layer that's very ambiguous or very flexible. Um yeah. where it can be you can like reharmonize it in different ways or put a different bass note and it will recontextualize what you're hearing. Um so this song does that so well. It's really Yeah, nice. absolutely. Good writing. Good good writing. Yeah. I think that's basically all the notes. Oh, actually, I had a bit near the end at 2.37. The bass enters playing an F sharp. It gives it like this very um, kind of, uh, what's the word? It's like a, like like to me, like if you if you have a D major with an F sharp at the bottom, that's like the first inversion. Yeah. And then it makes it sound really tender. I love that first inversion. Yeah. And, it, and it creates a sense a song of like on a first inversion chord is really interesting because it doesn't sound quite resolved. 
Like, no. if you have, like, what, let's say we're in D. Just the mm. fact that it's in first inversion, you just, there's mm. something more ambiguous or it's a more complex emotion rather yeah. than having. Yeah. If that makes sense. I totally agree. Yeah. It gives it, it gives it a sense of like, I mean, it's, it, it almost could be understood or spelt as like a, like F sharp minus six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah. all about this ambiguity in harmony. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he, what's nice is that it's that ambiguity is kind of wedded to these lyrics that are also not mm. telling you how to feel, right? It's all exactly. about these emotions that are less explicable. Yeah. Um, and That's right. Like, it's, it's, very, yeah. it's very much just presented. It's just presented to you. And then as a listener, it's up to you to kind of decide what it all means in reference to you. Yeah. I, I, I love the bit about like, like, what was it? 17 schools, six yeah. houses or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, it's got a lot of things about growing up and they're not all, they're not all like, remember Tamagotchis? Yeah. <laughs> it's not all like, remember this TV show? It's like a very, it's a very complex and kind of and, holistic view. Yeah. Of and very personal, I think too. It's one of the interesting things about the article that you mentioned before is how she's talking about how like the verses and stuff, they place you in this like nostalgic, like 90s, early 2000s Australian kind of Mm. headspace where you're like, yeah, I remember that stuff too. And then Mm. um, the sort of 15 houses, 16 schools part is like, oh, well that didn't happen to me so it reminds you yeah. oh this is like a really specific and personal story yeah that's um, true and the contrast between those two things is really interesting mm. yeah i feel like as as a person because i don't i'm not i'm not about to dox sean and i don't really know quite where he grew up but i know i know that myself and him we both grew up just south of wollongong um and there's a very specific vibe to the area south of wollongong that especially around that area in that time, it was a very, very kind of interesting place. And I think Sean really captures what that was in a, you know, it's so funny. I thought that Penumbra was the name of a town because it sounds like a town. Ah. It sounds like the name of an Australian town, but it's not that at all. It it means, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Did you get the definition up too? Yeah, a space of partial illumination as in an eclipse between the perfect shadow on all sides and the full light. A shaded mm. region surrounding the dark central portion of a sunspot. Yeah. yeah. Or peripheral or indeterminate area or group. And I think yeah. that really speaks to the content of the song. It's yeah. there, is, there is nothing that immediately leaps out as like a, a very positive or very negative. It just kind of is. And it's up yeah. to you to kind of... Yeah, as a listener, you decide what it means. Like one of my favorite things is when a songwriter or a composer or whatever, but specifically songwriting, is like there's this thematic unity across the lyrics, and then the way the music is written, and it all just like coalesces. Um, and this song does that perfectly. It does. All right. Do you hear that sound, Fen? That yes. is the sound of the town crier. Shall Ooh. we move on to the next Let's tune? Let's do it.
So this song is Town Crier. It is the final song off of the Siren EP and it is a banger. I think conceptually this holds a lot of the kind of themes in the album and takes them to this interesting place. But before I continue talking, shall we listen to it? Let's listen to it.
Wow, that was Town Crier by Obscura Hale. The final track, the epic conclusion of the Siren EP. <laughs> um, this track definitely occupies a different space to the other, the other ones on this album. And I think this is something we've talked about before, but it's kind of like in the same way that Extra Life put on that third track as perhaps a bit of like um, a bit of a reprieve or a bit of a like palate cleanse or a break. Yeah. Um, Town Crier largely just kind of has the same A major drone yeah, the right. entire time. It's just kind of like, actually, I figured out the BPM. Yeah, it's a real bop. It's it's at like 170 BPM. Wow, that's quick. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find the lyrics anywhere for this tune. And I had a real good look on every single website. And it was not anywhere. I Like in contrast, Duma and Penumbra, they all have their lyrics up on YouTube. But yeah. um, I had to actually listen and write down the lyrics. And I actually sent you a message last night because I couldn't figure out some of them. <laughs> and I also um, could not figure them out. <laughs> no. I, I even, I went on to one of those like AI websites that can pull stems from wow. songs. And I still couldn't get the bit at the end, but um, that's all right. I got most of it. I think lyrically, this is very finalistic in the, in the album. I think if, if that's a word. Um, it's sort of, it does this really interesting writing thing where it presents a concept and then the, the next line following will be the opposite. Yeah. So it says like, and the floor is taking sides and the ceiling looms over. Um, funny thought crossed your mind. Will I come out the other side stronger? Mean, mean ones make you cry. Loved ones make you cry harder. I love that line. Um, yeah. And also the way that it's phrased as well. Like, yeah, he kind of extends it. It's another thing about his writing is he's not one to um, sacrifice the lyrics for the sake of having a neat musical phrase. Um, yeah. So it's like, what is it? The mean ones make you cry and the loved ones make you cry harder. Like, it's like yeah. this odd kind of phrase, um, but he just extends it to be what, poetically he wants it to be and it makes the music more interesting it does and and that's like the whole thing about this ep and i guess um obscure hails music in general is it is just like like not really conforming to any particular um structure of what a pop song needs to be or anything like that yeah um yeah the other one that i love speaking of those kind of rhyming conventions or lack thereof is when the fox chases the rabbit just let it because instinct doesn't lie. So it's like you have that first line and then this, the first then the second bit of the of that line kind of vaguely rhymes with the first and then sort of just goes on an excursion. Yeah. Um totally. Just let yeah. it. It's rhyming with just rabbit. Let it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think it's yeah, it's it's really is a masterclass of writing and composing for someone who is a bit of a masterclass act, I guess. Um <laughs> Some of the some it's of the lyrics in this and it's class. <laughs> he's, he's, it's correct. The thing I put in here is a little note. Have you heard of a band called Country Death? Um, no. <laughs> Country Death. It's it's like a. It's, I think it's more of an artist actually. So it's like this guy who I saw on Everything Is Terrible. Um, 
which yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. Our friend Tim mm-hmm. does some work with them sometimes. Um, but so Country Death, it was like this really creepy kind of song where um, this dude was like photoshopped his face onto a starfish mm. and sang this this creepy song about having nightmares. And Sean's singing weirdly reminds me of that sometimes. <laughs> put that in the show notes for anyone interested it's it's really it's really cool you should check it out um yeah so i also wrote here like it kind of oh in in this section where it says i'll carry on i think that sounds like tomorrow whispering i'll carry on yeah um it like chucks in the sharp four this nice lydian moment yeah 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 it's really like it's a guitar and, harmonics there um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, when that Lydian bit comes in, it's really, it's really cool. It has this kind of almost creepy feeling to it. I have yeah. to say, we should definitely dedicate a moment to talk about how um, good of a singer uh, Tamara is and how much she mm. adds to this band. Because like yes. the two of them together, their voices just blend so perfectly. She's also a great bass player as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, she just adds so much to like the texture of these songs and all the harmonies just ring out so yes. perfectly. Um, Absolutely. It's really, really cool. Really nice. Have you checked out the live version of Duma that they do? Uh, I think it's called like Cook Up or something like that is the YouTube channel. Uh, no, and it's a, it's a live version of Duma and it is disgusting how freaking like good and like polished it is for a live performance oh like from like from sean and tamara and um Keelan. um just all of them are so tight the harmonies are so killer i think there's like a few like vocal overdubs that they obviously didn't post but um wow. yeah yeah I'll check that out. And, and, and their tones are great the guitar is like very thick and um the bass bass is killer as well it's just yeah. it's great stuff it's a great it live experience seeing obscura hail um, yeah, I've I haven't had it since 2018. I'm a bit you jealous. gotta you gotta do it. You gotta we gotta make it happen. Uh, yeah, and and the last thing I wanted to kind of the last two things I wanted to bring up um, the chorus rhythm. I mean, like, I guess what is the chorus here? The no, the mean ones make you cry. Loved ones make you cry harder, harder. It does this like da 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 da, and that sort of just. For, like for a song that kind of has a very similar rhythm the entire time, it's a nice way of kind of signifying that these lyrics are um, significant. And yeah. the bit where it sings about being clinically insane, it's about three minutes. It's got this beautiful ghostly vibrato mm. that really does sound like um, like someone, you know, someone like singing, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> trying to... Uh, Trying to think of a way to, to say this that that isn't weird, I guess like it ghostly just or something. It. Well, you already said yeah. ghostly. That's not, I mean that's the right word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 I, ghostly and. I think it's interesting how this song is in written in second person. It's all like you, right? Like oh, the yeah, subject yeah. of the song is you. Um, yeah. 
And it also feels like a collection of, like, idioms or something where it's, like, um, you know, like, uh, like sort of, like, common sense knowledge passed down from your grandma, like, sayings and yeah. things, um, which is really, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, like, different side to his writing, I guess. Or, or, well, it's definitely a part of his writing, um, as yeah. we will see in the next track. Um, yes. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's... I always find it interesting when people take a song that maybe is quite personal and then they put it in second person. It creates this distance between it where it's like, mm. actually, these things didn't happen to me or these are not my feelings. These are your feelings. Um, yeah. And it kind of connects you to the song as a listener. Um, where you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, the loved ones do make me cry harder. <laughs> yeah. I think personally... <laughs> Firstly, I really struggled to write tunes that are in second person that don't sound a bit lame. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think, I think it's, it's a real testament to the talent of it's, the band to yeah. pull it off. It's tricky. Um, mine come out reading like Goosebumps, Choose Your Own Adventure books, <laughs> which is to say, not that great. I've written actually. one that um, it goes between second person and first person. I couldn't even right. commit the whole way. Um, but yeah, I, I chose very um, really specific moments from my life and made them into second person, which is kind of funny for me. <laughs> yeah, nice. Kind of like probably what Sean's doing a bit. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I also like the flip at the end. Once again, yeah, that bit I tried to get from AI. Um, what, what, what did we have? It was like, we all make your own on your mistakes. So we all question mark on your mistakes. Hey, it's Jack after the podcast. I reached out to Sean and he said the lyrics were be your maker, not your master. Um, and then the very last bit, without you, we'd be better. Interesting. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this overall, I think this song is kind of just about getting on with it. As in getting on with doing things and existing despite various things that might in, you know inhibit you or challenge you. Yeah. At least... But you know, maybe maybe that's maybe the the reason I think that is because Sean's written it in a very broad way, where we can all make our own readings into it. Yeah, so. it's definitely you can bring, you know, your own feeling about the song uh, to mm. create the meaning of it. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of Doom Two, paused. I'll go and play it later. Let's talk about Dooma. Oh yeah. All right. Shall we give it a listen? Let's do it. <laughs>
a coin. All right. Like a so that was Duma, and I'm definitely going to keep in that cool singing we just did. <laughs> <laughs> that was Duma. Um, I love this song. I've ranted about this song for so long to so many people. Yeah, I've got so much written here. Um, I'm going to try and be succinct, and I'm going to try and not sort of waffle too much. But please forgive me for my waffling if I do so. Well. Call me fried chicken because I'm going with your waffles. Call me donkey because in the morning I'm... I'm uh, making waffles. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's let's begin waffling. Um, Okay. So I heard this song in June 2020. I believe the release date was the 18th of June. And I, I believe this is really significant because what was happening around June 2020... I don't remember. <laughs> really? I well, have let, me, complete, let me give you a little hint. I have complete amnesia for the years of 2020 and 2021. Right. <laughs> Very good. Well, of course, the thing that was happening around that time was a little pandemic by the name of coronavirus. Yes, the novel and coronavirus. The novel coronavirus. And tell you what, it was really kicking off around that time. Yeah. Um, I think we'd been in lockdown for maybe like three months, two months. Yeah, maybe three months. End of March, I think it started. Um, and I had just moved back to Wollongong from Sydney. I was living in Sydney for about four years, and I had woken up one frosty morning in my incredibly cold um, rental I was living in, and opened up my phone because that's a really healthy thing to do when you wake up, and looked at Facebook and saw that. Obscura Hale had just released a new single by the name of Duma. And I watched it half awake and vulnerable. And I really felt it in such a big way that I rarely ever feel music ever as a crusty sort of jaded 30 year old man who is always hearing music. It really, it really touched me in this really special way. Um, and I want to talk about why I think that it's so special. Okay, so the song begins on this mega chunky C power chord that moves into A minor. And the whole time at the top, there's like this kind of C to B leading line that's happening. Yeah. Um, It's more of what we're talking about where it's picking things that will work over multiple different chords. So, yeah. Right, where it, yeah. it works over the three different bass notes. Yeah, I think that the, the, those, the third bass note comes in in the um, verse a bit, but the guitar sort of starts with just that C to A minor thing, just the... Beautiful. <laughs> and so on. Um, Immediately, that progression, the one to six, kind of makes me think of a song like Man Who Sold the World um, by David Bowie or Hallelujah yeah, um, or Fire, Water, Burn by Bloodhound Gang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it sort of indicates to me that there's like a ballad ahead. Um, so the song sort of goes on and then eventually moves down to that. Was it the like one? The G, the dominant. What? Yeah, one six, yeah, one six five, um, 
And then yep. I wrote down here, it's kind of interesting at 35 seconds and at, where is it? 237. There's like a cowbell sound that comes in, goes, <laughs> but it kind of sounds like a notification or something. Like it's, it's oh, funny. Wow. It's almost out of place, but it only happens twice in the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it is in time though. I don't think it's an accident, but yeah. Um, so the, the, the lyrics I particularly like are focused on my story, surrounded by pl- panic, using my privilege to access the planet. And I think there is no better line that speaks more to the alienation of the average young person, particularly yep. in the last five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's such an effective line at sort of catching and collecting and describing a cultural zeitgeist than anything else I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh yeah, and I wrote here, um, production-wise, the song is really crushed and compressed. Like, it sounds like so kind of distorted and um, whether or not, you know, it was intentional or not, um, I cannot help but feel like it was done to kind of hammer in the, like, oppressive nature of, like, particularly in that time in mid-2020 of living under this 24-7 news cycle. It's all bad news. And it's all yep. being beamed into your skull through your rectangular doom device that yep. you have on you at all times. Um, but then the thing is, when you hit that chorus, suddenly you're introduced to what the song is really about. Um, suddenly, you know, like the, with the words like, don't feel guilty for not knowing just how bad it is and alone what little difference you make. It's suddenly the kind of, oppressive nature of the compression and the distortion and um it's no longer oppressive instead it's like a beautiful warm hug yeah and perhaps provides a moment of connection for a a generation that is perhaps the loneliest it's ever been yeah um yeah i definitely feel like what you're saying it's about the atomization of people like we're all so separated because of technology and like physically separated um and it is i mean it's really crazy timing that this song came out when it did um because the first time i heard this song was not in june of 2020 it was in december of 2019 um at the show that we played together so this song had you know it the fact that it predates all of these things happening is really quite shows that is quite a prescient songwriter um Hmm. because in june of 2020 the other thing happening as well was of course the george floyd protests and i feel like that like almost more than anything in that i can remember in my lifetime uh well maybe not more than anything but it was an extremely extremely depressing news cycle um i think probably a lot of people myself and like me and probably tons of other people just stopped posting anything at all on social media for mm. at least like several months, which if you know me is like really unusual. <laughs> um, but like, it was just <coughs> serious, like extremely depressing news, um, images of shocking violence, just being broadcast directly into our skulls at all times. Mm. Um, so yep. this song is like just an, an incredible, like, reflection of the times that we live in where it's like don't feel guilty for not knowing just how bad it is you don't have to 
ingests all of this violent content that is being like beamed into your skull as a form mm. of entertainment because that's ultimately what it is what it becomes is like mm. things that are violent are popular on the internet and always have mm. been and so you know like you can maybe you can know about something where you don't have to you know watch the video of some guy getting his neck you know mm. you know some guy literally dying like yeah i i think that's you know it's not irresponsible to want to kind of protect yourself from that and you can still Absolutely. be informed about it but yeah. you don't have to like put yourself through hell and then i like the other lyrical part of this song i like is that he kind of is encouraging this need that we have for like community or like a communal response to um you know systemic oppression or capitalism or whatever the um greater forces of the world that exist that are pushing us down in that way mm. um so it's a really it's ultimately like this really positive message um, absolutely yeah absolutely and and i think i think you're so right in that um your point about um not feeling bad for not wanting to put yourself through you know you know watching those videos or um or putting yourself through sacrificing your mental health to to stay informed yeah um, and that's and not to also, say like i'm definitely not advocating being totally ignorant but no there's no, I, I, there's I levels so to which you can be informed yeah. and you know yeah i, I yeah, just and, and i it, just mean don't watch a video of someone dying if you don't want <laughs> of to of course of course <laughs> yeah i think that that is a really good point and i like that he also comes at it from the other angle and says don't feel guilty for just talking about how bad it is because I think that's another thing that people feel a lot of guilt for is like, oh, well, I'm just sitting here talking about it. You know, it's just like, yeah. this is, it's, you know, it's it's not a thing that's worth um, wrecking your life over and wanting to, feeling in, feeling inadequate at all times because you can't really do anything if you are constantly behind the eight ball. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if we want to do a little bit of a pivot back into the, the music, like actual musical content, mm -hmm. I wrote here something really interesting at about 139. Um, the intro comes back in, which is the, um, the C to A minor part. Mm -hmm. And the, there's like a, a lead bit that's introduced that I can't really, I can't really relate it much to what's going on in the actual um in the actual song it sort of just seems like a brand new melody but it is interestingly in paylog so another opportunity for me to talk about balinese music beautiful paylog is a really beautiful um pentatonic scale obviously it's tuned very different in balinese gamelan ensembles but um the the lead part itself goes in the key of in the key of c which is um, e, e, F, G, B, C, E, F, G, B, G. To me, it always makes things sound really kind of vulnerable. It just, it, it's, it, it has a way of cutting through this yeah. little pentatonic scale. The inclusion um, of the major seventh in the pentatonic um, is yeah. really, yeah, creates an interesting harmony for sure. Yeah. And, and I wrote here, like generally like a paylog is spelt out 
like one, flat two, flat three, five, flat six. But if Paylog is in E and sitting in C major, it kind of just sounds like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like one, three, four, five, seven. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 Um, Very nice. And then the, oh, at the very end of the song, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very end of the song, there's it comes back to that C power chord, um, except this time there's no wobble at the top with the C to B thing. It's just C, 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 just sort of slamming it through. And to me, that really speaks to the kind of resolution that is given in this song. Yeah. The world in a ship to go down with... Oh, and sorry, while I remember, it does that really cool thing that you talked about in the Extra Life episode where the word inf- informs the melody. Yeah. What's that called again? Um, word painting. Yeah, with a down, down, down with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I haven't transcribed that. We're going down. Going down. There's something interesting rhythmically happening there. Um, I don't yeah. know exactly. It's like a bar of three. Here we go, yeah. here we go. Oh, I didn't down. even notice. Uh-huh. It's so smoothly yeah. done. Um, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll talk about a couple of things. Yep. Um, okay, so one thing I really like about the um, the verse melody, it just feels like it's constantly ascending. Like, da-da-da, It's like... Um, almost like doa deer or something just keeps going up yeah um just constantly <laughs> nice. constantly ascending um and then uh I'll, i'm just going to go through all my notes that i wrote about this but yeah one thing about the chorus that i really like is that he uses a secondary dominant so if you don't know what that is it's like you pick a chord from the scale so if you're in g major let's sorry if you're in c major right let's say you want to use the secondary dominant of G. So that would be a D major chord. So that's what he does in the chorus. So he goes chord four, which is F. And then he goes chord five of G. And then he goes to the G. So it's like, don't feel guilty for not knowing just how bad it is and alone, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that chromaticism really, like, there's it's not nice. been any chromaticism in the song up until that point, and then when it happens, it really, mm. like, draws your attention. Um, That's right. Yeah. And, 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 and the fact this chorus begins on the four. Yeah, and that's interesting, too. And the rest of the started on the... Yeah, that, that, that slow creep up. It's funny, I sort of... I heard it as, like, a F to, like... Um, like, D slash F sharp. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, sweet. yeah. yeah. Same thing, <laughs> but I'm just and thinking about D like a, as the fifth chord of G. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, and then the I really like that as it resolves. And, and alone, what little difference you make. That like um, the fact it goes four to one instead of five to one. Yeah, it's so much more like to me like a four one is a whole lot more kind of loving yeah i guess it's the amen cadence of, it's the religious it's the cadence amen. it's the plagal cadence yeah yeah um, it's, it's a whole lot more gentle it's funny like the fact that you were talking about the chorus starting on the four it's interesting because mm. he doesn't use the four at all i 
I don't think he uses the four until he gets to the I chorus. Think, I think it's only rarely. Maybe he does. Oh yeah, then the four there. Oh okay. I know you're oh, this is one of those oh, sorry, times where two? I've set a baseless, <laughs> baseless thing. But he really right. emphasizes do, the do four in, a, in the chorus in a very satisfying way. And then, then it holds on to it. Yeah. That's cool as well. Um, so yeah. many cool things in this song. Yeah. So one other thing I wanted to talk about is yep. in the second verse, I love how he lays the melody of the first verse. Tamara singing the melody of the first verse. Of and course. then he creates his counter melody for the second verse. Where it's like da 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 da, and while he's going da 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 what is it? That's one of the guide tones that you can pick. But then there's another one. So that was starting on the seventh of the initial chord. There's another one if you start on the third. So I feel like what's cool about this, um, the melodies in this part, they're starting on like different notes of the chord like sean's melody in the mm. second verse it's generally starting on the fifth of each chord whereas um oh. tomorrow's men- melody generally starts sort of on the third or it kind of starts on the third and then it goes like stepwise up or down so it's like really good writing harmonically it works really well because like any mm. given melody is kind of like you're weaving a path between the chord progressions um and there are like oh. multiple ways that you can do that that yeah. will naturally emerge and they've picked like these yeah. two really complementary and, and, and it's ones. a way that makes them really stand out and be distinct from one another yeah also the um, rhythm of is... the first verse melody is like quick and at the beginning and the end of the bar like da da dum da whereas the second verse melody is like more constant da, and even da, 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 so it's like da, a really good da, like da, counterpoint da, combination da, of yeah. independent melodies for sure, um, and they really I, I love complement each other. Yeah, I agree, I, and I love tomorrow's inflection on those parts. The put a dare to the ego. It's got so much uh, character to it. It's, the fact it's that it goes so, up um, slightly before the chord changes, da da da. Like it's just slightly uh, anticipates it. Very like keeps yeah. the movement. The other thing mm. about layering the the vocals like that, like conceptually, once again, it's the music reflecting the lyrics. Where it's like, yeah. Alone, we are nothing. Together, we are mm. something, right? So it's like mm. this accumulation of people and power and all that good stuff. Mm. I love that. That's that. Yeah, that's such a great note to to end this part of the podcast on. I think that's that's a really good, succinct kind of way of putting it all. Cool. And it's expressed lyrically and musically, which is great. So we've come to this part of the pod where we share a song that we've made uh, for f- for the episode, I guess. And this one is in the style of Obscure Hail. 
I were can't you, were wait. You writing, <laughs> were you planning on writing one too? Yeah, I, it's, I it's read right a song, but I didn't record it. <laughs> okay, but I could, that's I could, all right. I could play some of it for you, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, please do. Should we start with that, and then and then you can show me your one? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This was, like, Jack's choice, so um, I'm going above and beyond here. No. <laughs> I, I, I no, think I it's just, good you're going above and beyond. I, 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 just, I would love if we both could write songs for each one. Yeah, I kind of was... Um, yeah, didn't quite have enough time to do all the things that I wanted to do with it. But when you were talking about wanting to do Obscure Hail, like I found I like just immediately was like thinking of like lyrics in the style of Obscure Hail. Um, and just, yeah, it just happened really quickly, like writing the song. Um, but yeah, it's not recorded or anything. I'll just try to go through it and hopefully I'll remember how it goes. Let's hear it. I'm super keen. Okay, <laughs> let me take one headphone out. Nice, got a real life Mariah Carey over here. <laughs> I'm not scared of death, though it's frightening to think My body's remains will one day be flamed into dust And placed in our fires by the sink the prints that I leave on the world will be concreted over Like the time I wrote, Fen is cool on the wet cement Council works erasing that fine sentiment There's no heritage list for us There's no national trust for us Just the smell of the bus And our Pavlovian response I learned that term from my friend Jack the first time we hung out at the Joker Cafe on Beamish Street, Campsie. I think he was a bartender back then. We had a jam session and played some weird chord progressions. Then he gave me a lesson in microtones that honestly needs refreshing. What are they again? There are certain systems that adjust there are people that we can trust. There are equal temperaments, but none of them make any sense. The songs that I write will be lost on a hard drive, uploaded to dead sites. When the streaming services collapse in three or four years time. My memory will be confined to the kids that I teach and to each and every one that I know or have known. My friends and photos on my phone. There's no physical tomb for us, just an uploaded consciousness. Facebook page now reads in memory of, followed by all the people you love. Yeah, well done. That was so good. Thanks. I was totally taken by surprise from the... Because when you said Pavlovian response, I was like, oh, that's such a good Sean line. Like, that's such an obscure <laughs> hail thing. And then you continued on and then, yeah, it turned out it was about us hanging out us. in yeah, Beamish yeah. Street. Tricked you. Oh, man. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I love that. Oh, I think thanks. I love the I love the kind of like internet graveyard sort of imagery yeah. you were putting forth in the music. Um, yeah. I really liked the... Um, yeah, in particular, like the Facebook page reading in memory of um, the dead sites thing. That's a thing that I have real worries about is like yeah. just losing a bunch of stuff. I know I had a SoundCloud account 
with heaps and heaps of recordings and then they changed the um they changed the subscription service so that i lost a whole bunch of them and unless i pay for the premium i can't actually access them oh my god it's about a hundred a year so i had all these fun recordings that kind of like i used to record them on my iphone and upload them straight to soundcloud yeah things like my friends doing margin impersonations and <laughs> i had a recording of my friend playing the um the slender man game things like that so yeah, yeah i think it's a very apt very kind of modern um Worry. very appropriate thing to be yeah putting into music so yeah, yeah. well done yeah great. i mean yeah i was definitely inspired by i didn't even read the thing that he was talking about with like legacy and all that but mm. it was it's like the same lyrical concerns as obscure hail um yeah yeah so it's definitely i i think most of the influence is probably in the lyrics i guess rather than the music but then i was also influenced by the way that he treats his lyrics and his melodies where it's like um i was like okay well if i want this line to be this thing then i'll just do whatever rhythm whereas normally i'm a little bit more strict with myself with rhythms like yeah keeping them a bit more even so um that was that i found that very kind of freeing to be like oh i mm. can just write whatever line i want yeah, to yeah totally just... also the, the other thing how, how you like like naming like a specific friend in a song like that is something that he does in one of his songs on the zero mm. ep in, in penumbra um as well oh yeah on penumbra as well yeah my friend anna, anna? but he who could forget she's in a girl. Uh, psychic graveyard i think it's called on zero he's like remember right. jack riley he inspired ah. your songs <laughs> i was like hey i know jack riley <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i like that um you know naming a specific friend in a song is kind of a nice yeah. thing to do and also i i wrote the line perfectly in responses and i was like oh yeah it, it triggered a memory i was like i remember like us talking about that where you so you funny. mentioned pavlov's dog and i was like what's that <laughs> and it was at the joker cafe <laughs> In Kempsey, yeah, which, is which such a weird I think I was looking it up recently. Uh, I think it's still around. It's still open. I walked past there like two days ago. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, God, it is. And, and it, the best thing about it is, um, it's one of those cafes where they don't police people smoking out the front. So oh there's just God. all these like kind of old Italian men who just sit and like just wafting cigarette smoke everywhere. That's so funny. Yeah, it's a <laughs> unique place. But yeah, um, would you like to listen to my one? Yeah, let's do it. For this, I kind of went pretty hard, I think. I was really I was really into what was coming out. And I'm actually, what I'm going to show you today, it's not going to change much, but I'm getting Michael Manzini to record the bass on there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's probably going to mix it or master it a little bit. And then I'm going to release it as a single because I really like it. Very nice. Um, yeah. I, I sort of used my fake bass which is my guitar just pitched down by um, 12 semitones, pitched down by an octave. <laughs> a classic and, trick. You know, yeah, it's a classic trick. For, for, okay, for discerning I'll... people, they can probably tell it's not that great, but... I shall listen yeah. to this. Here we go. Um, Peeling plastic. Tell me, tell, me when, tell me when and I'll hit play at the same time. Okay. Are you ready? You got to open? Um, I am ready now. Three... Three. Two, two one. one hello this is jack after the podcast this track features bass from michael manzini enjoy 
as I peel plastic. job ah thank you finn i love that the main line uh peeling plastic of things on a dying planet i think about how good i have it that's really really good <laughs> <laughs> thank you that was i actually had that come into my head a long time ago and yeah i stored it there and never used it until now yeah it works it really fits and also fits with the kind of the things we're talking about like this juxtaposition of um yeah like global concerns but also just living a a life <laughs> personally mm. living a life yeah. um and i love the ending as well like how it transitions out of that kind of more like heavy rock sound into this like acoustic uh i love the the harmonies they feel like they're kind of like going from one side of the stereo image to the other um yeah it's really lovely great job yeah, and definitely has Thank that kind so of. Much. I can hear the Duma influence for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I put this one in D. Nice. Um, just sang a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Glad you like it. I um, I think a little bit because obviously our next episode we're doing is Spirit of the Beehive. Yeah. And um, I think a bit of that came through on this song as well. Um, particularly in that outro, how it kind of yeah gets a bit fuzzier. Yeah. It's probably more of a like 
um, more of a reference to Spirit of the Beehive than Obscure Hail when I think of it. But cool. I think it all fits. That's a good little uh, teaser for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This has been episode three. We hope you like it. We hope we sound good. And tell you what, if you if you want, come and look us up on Instagram, yeah. Music Rules Cast, greatest five stars, yeah. share it with your friends, and let's continue celebrating the excellent music that exists in this godforsaken planet. Yes, including Obscure Hail by their album on Bandcamp. Yes, get on it and the subscribe to their Patreon. Yeah. Two bucks a month, pretty good. All right. Thanks. See ya. See ya. Music rules. Music rules. <laughs>